If you allow yourself to dream, vividly imagine it in your mind, speak it out in faith, then according to God's word whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believing you shall receive. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible. Could this be what you're looking for? How would you like to achieve the impossible? What would it mean if you could break through to an extraordinary and fulfilling life? Thousands of people have learned the secret of how to turn their dreams into reality. Now it's your turn. Welcome to All Things Are Possible podcast with your host, S.T. Smith, where you'll get the uncompromised word of God in bite-sized nuggets. So grab your Bible and get ready for some good news. Now here's your host, S.T. Smith. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of All Things Are Possible. I'm your host, S.T. Smith, reminding you that Jesus is Lord and God. There's only one God, and neither you nor I are him. But that one God has given us his spirit and his power, and he lives in us so that we can rule and reign in this life. So with the word of God open on the screens in front of me, let's dive in. You know, Mary Kay Ash, founder of Mary Kay Cosmetics, said she would never have accomplished what she did if it weren't for this concept. Dave Thomas, founder of Wendy's, was in the army when he came across a book that described it. When he was discharged, he put it into practice and the rest is history. The idea has helped Brian Tracy, Og Mandino, Deepak Chopra, W. Clement Stone, and many others to achieve the impossible. Did you know you can decide to be rich in every area of your life? In 2 Corinthians 9, Paul was teaching on finances. and He said in verse 10, Now he that ministers seed to the sower, both ministers bread for your food, and multiplies your seed sown, and increases the fruits of your righteousness. In verse 11, Being enriched in everything to all bountifulness, which causes through us thanksgiving to God. When you look up that word enriched, in the Greek, it's Strong's word 4148, and it literally means to be made wealthy, to be richly furnished. And the reason God wants you to be made wealthy and richly furnished in everything is so that you can have not only what you need, but you can have more than enough to give to others. And that in turn will bring thanksgiving to God. Look, in God's kingdom, there's no lack. There's no shortage of ideas and resources to prosper. In Genesis 17, God told Abraham, he is El Shaddai, which means the almighty God, the all-sufficient one, the God who's more than enough. He can meet any need, his power, his provision. He has great compassion and he sustains and nourishes and protects us, right? He can take our weakness and give us strength. He can take our inadequate resources and in his sufficiency, multiply them for his great and powerful purpose. Just like he took the little boy's five loaves of bread and two little fish and fed over 5,000 people, leaving 12 basketfuls left over. El Shaddai can also mean the overpower, meaning God will do what he purposes to do, overpowering all opposition. You might be asking yourself right now, is this stuff really true? Can this information in God's word really help me reach my dreams and become successful in life? Can I really rely on God's word to bring the results I want? like a scientist would rely on a trusted experiment in a laboratory? Look, I get it. And the answer is yes. In fact, if you think about it, what is science? It's the art of organizing and classifying facts, right? 
Well, we'll be discussing in this episode our factual, proven principles, carefully organized and prepared, that have worked for thousands of people. And if you'll dig into them, into this information, meditate on it, pray about it, and then act on it, it'll bring you your desired results as well. So grab a notepad and pen and start writing this information down. Right, listen, believing demands some kind of action. It actually should create action. If you just mentally agree with a word, but you don't act on it, that's not going to work. It's like we've discussed before, acting on the word is letting Jesus act through you. Acting on the word then gives an opportunity to work in and through you, right? So, well, look, if you were in a movie theater, for example, and someone yelled out, fire, if you really believed that word, you'd run out of the theater, wouldn't you? But if you didn't believe the word, you wouldn't take any action. God's word demands action. If you want to see the manifestation in your physical world, if you give the word its place, it's like giving Christ his position of lordship in your life. The problem of believing is made simple when we know that it's acting on what God has spoken. Everyone, therefore, that hears these words of mine and does them shall be like a wise man who built his house upon a rock, Jesus said, and the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon the rock, it says in the American Standard Version. Weymouth's translation says, Everyone who hears these teachings and acts upon them will be found to resemble a wise man who built his house upon the rock. You know what the rock is? The rock is doing the word. If a person doesn't do the word, they'll never build on a solid foundation. Now listen to what Jesus said next. And everyone that hears these words and doesn't do them shall be like a foolish man who built his house upon the sand. You see, the hearer must be a doer or else the entire structure that he builds will be destroyed. So quite simply, a wise man is a doer of the word. The foolish one hears the word but doesn't act on it. He's like a sense knowledge hearer. Remember that's what Adam did? He fell into the sense realm and started listening to his senses more than God's word. He was a mental assenter. A person like this may have a vague, indefinite hope, but he's not a doer of the word. He tends to respond to reason instead of the word. So his spiritual life is built on sand. If he has faith in anything, it's in man. What man has done, science, works, organization, and such. You can tell whether a person is building on the sand or the rock by noticing whether they're practicing the word or not, whether they're acting on the word or not. James 1, verse 22 to 25 says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deluding and deceiving your own selves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a natural man, beholding his natural face in a mirror. For he beholds himself and goes away and right away forgets what manner of man he was. But he that looks into the perfect law of liberty and so continues being not a hearer that forgets but a doer that remembers this man shall be blessed in his doing listen listen to what the prophet jeremiah said in chapter 17 starting at verse 5 thus says the lord cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes flesh his strength whose heart turns away from the lord he is like a shrub in the desert and shall not see any good come he shall dwell 
the parched places of the wilderness in uninhabited salt lands. Wow. Verse seven, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose trust is the Lord. He is like a tree planted by water that sends out its roots by the stream and does not fear when heat comes for its leaves remain green and is not anxious in the year of drought for it does not cease to bear fruit. Wow. I don't want to be the one that trusts in man. Do you? I'll be the one that trusts in the Lord. It doesn't say that we won't go through drought and, and the heat won't come. It says that when it does, we will remain fruitful. The person that thinks knowledge is all that's necessary will fail. It's the doer of the word, the person who practices it, that lives it, walks it, that builds it into their own life, who God honors. It's very clear in the word that there's grave danger in deluding our own selves by trusting in ourselves and in what man says. Look, we all occasionally come upon hard times, right? Let, let, let's, say, uh, let's say you need money. So what do you do? You turn to the Lord because you know that the word says, my God shall supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. You take your place. You stand strong. You stand firm. You act the part of a real believer. Instead of turning to the beggarly elements of the world, you turn to our Father, our Heavenly Father. Or let's say you or a loved one is sick. Instead of being frightened, you remember the word. Surely he hath borne our sicknesses and carried our diseases. And we have come to esteem him as the one who was stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted with those diseases. You see, we know it now. <laughs> so we act on that word. We don't fear. We're not disturbed because we know that the word says. We know it says that with his stripes we are healed. Have you ever had some calamity happen to you? Some rumor maybe about you that wasn't true? We call these the curveballs of life, right? Maybe the devil has stirred things up in your life. We know that the word tells us in Isaiah 54, 17, No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that shall rise against you in judgment you shall condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord, and their righteousness is of me, saith the Lord. Wow. Look, what I'm saying is you can trust the Lord. You can trust the word. You can bank on him. Your expectations are from him. Look, resist the temptation to turn to the beggarly help of sense knowledge. We do the word. We live in the word. We act the word. We trust implicitly in the word. And we know that God and his throne will back up every word of it. Just remember John 15, 9, abide in my love. Never forget that he loves you and that you are born of that new kind of love. Remember 1 John 4, 8, God is love. And remember that you are a partaker of his nature, as it says in 2 Peter 1, 4. Decide to be a doer of the word. Decide to be a doer of love. Don't just be a hearer only. Live in the realm of the word. Speak it. Walk in it. Love it. Live in love. Look. I know people aren't going to understand this. Uh, they're going to think we're unwise, but we have to live this love life. We're taking Jesus' place, acting as Jesus would act. We are the ones that love as Jesus loved. And when we do this, we're not deluding ourselves now. Because in John 8, 12, it says, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. He that follows and practices what I teach shall have the light of life. We're going to prove to everyone, our friends and our naysayers, that we have the light. And they're all going to walk 
in human reason and continue to walk in darkness. And the word says they don't know where they're going. They delude themselves, see? We don't want to do that. Remember in John 15, 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and it shall be done unto you. Wow. Look, the doer abides in Christ and his words are living in him in the measure that he lives, does them, and practices them. Did you notice it says, as you live in me and my words live in you? That's the real doing of the word. Not just doctrine, but God speaking and God living his own word in us. And remember we talked before about James 2 and 20 in the Moffat translation it says, faith without deeds is barren. You see, it's more empty words that may sound lovely and beautiful, but they're never really crystallized or made real. The Weymouth, the Weymouth translation says, without corresponding actions. Look, unless you're a doer of the word, you're not a believer of the word. I'm sorry. You have nothing but mental assent without action. Uh, a mere empty profession of a religious mindset is really all it is. A religion of words. Jesus would call that a sand foundation. Just a sand house made by idle hands on the seashore to be destroyed by the next incoming tide. What danger religion puts on people when it comes to words? If there is no corresponding action, then one is not a doer of the word, really. And, and it becomes the foolish builder on the sand of the senses. Don't live in the sense realm is what I'm trying to say. You want to achieve your dreams? You want to achieve the impossible? and break through to an extraordinary life, stop living in the sense realm, believing only things that you can see, hear, smell, taste, or feel. When you make every effort to live in God's word and God's word alone, your heart will not condemn you. And in 1 John chapter 3, it says, if our heart does not condemn us, we have boldness toward God and whatsoever we ask, we receive of him. Look, when you can say, God, I know that I'm walking in the light of love and doing your word. Then what you're doing is persuading your heart. See, and when you go into God's presence for prayer and intercession, your heart isn't afraid. Your heart won't condemn you. Your heart is in perfect fellowship with God and his word and you have boldness in his presence. You know that you're welcome before him. You make your petition in the name of Jesus and you know the Father hears you and that you have the petition of your heart. Why? Because you're a doer of the word. The word is alive in your mouth. It's, it's like a sword cutting and dividing and discerning between the thoughts and intents of your own heart. It's just as though Jesus spoke it himself. This kind of person gets what he prays for. This kind of person manifests the desires of his heart and brings them into reality by faith. We do the things that are pleasing to him. In other words, we are taking Jesus's place. We are father pleasers, just as Jesus was in John 8, 29. Look, the bottom line is it's the doer of the word that receives things from God. Idle words may entertain you and others, but they don't reach God. In Ephesians 3, 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that works in us. Wow. Note that word do. We are doers of the word. And I know some people are thinking, how can I do it? I don't really have the ability to do it in this life. Look, I get it. I'm here to tell you, God knows your heart. Don't think you have to be perfect because none of us are and none of us ever will be. 
But our born-again spirit has been recreated in Christ. It's one with him and has been perfected forever. And remember, he said that he is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you ask or think. And that it is going to be according to the ability of God that is at work within you. Get it to work in you. Meditate on it. Matthew 28, 20 says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. He will never leave you or forsake you. Look, he wants to bless you and prosper you more than you want to be blessed or prospered. He has a plan for you. We talked about that. And he wants that plan to come to pass more than you want it to come to pass. His ability is your ability. His strength is your strength. Look, as you begin to make conscious effort to do the word, he will begin to do in and through you. Remember, 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, my little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. That ought to make you feel pretty awesome. I know it does me. The frustrations of life, the disappointments, the heartbreaks, the curveballs are all insignificant because the greater one dwells in you. God Almighty, El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one that's more than enough, dwells in you. Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. Now rise up and say, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. As he is, so am I in this world. More than a conqueror. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and come back for the next episode where S.D. Smith teaches how all things are possible through God's Word.